Is it an actual word? Is it Italian? Welcome to 50 Randy Quades. I am your host with the most Nicolas Cage movies. Some may know me best as the Prime Millennial. It's your boy, Chucky B. And with me, my two co-hosts, as always. The greediest man in the world, JT Money. And I have something to add to that in a second. But our second, third co-host. Johnny Spade. This man is a fucking snake. <laughs> snake in the grass is going to mow your lawn. <laughs> <laughs> is it the reason that they're the greediest motherfucker ever is because they talk about money a lot in this movie? No, I'm just in my greedy phase right now. You're not my right. shoes for $30. <laughs> now, listen, she's paying she's paying $50. This is barely spoilers, so it doesn't matter. $50 a week to like share a place with a person. It looks pretty small. So that's $200 in Berlin, Germany. I think they're in Berlin, or at least it was filmed there. I don't know. It seems all right to not have to stay at that school. So we haven't even told y'all what we have watched yet. This is episode 137, Suspiria. I'm just saying you asked me about my name and it had, you asked me if it had to do with the movie. So I kind of had to, whatever. No, it has nothing to do with this movie. Nothing at all. Suspiria. Cool, cool, cool. It's my pick. I picked this one. Like I said, we watched Suspiria. And if uh, you have any questions or comments. You can head on over to 50randyquades.com. You can let us know what the fuck is up. What you know about witches? Do you know anything about witches? We'll talk about what I know about witches as well. But here's one thing I do know. That the only thing more terrifying than the last 12 minutes of this film are the first 92. Ah, uh, disagree. Hold on. That's a quote from one of the posters. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but I want to say that's a terrible line. You should be doing it the other way around the last 12 should be more terrifying than the first 92 but the way they word it it's like you're going to be really really scared for 92 minutes and then for the last 12 you're going to be slightly less scared (laughs) (laughs) that just seems weird to me yeah they're ah we're going to get into how you feel about this movie in a little bit here. Don't get too mad about it. I'm not getting mad. Get I'm just trying to figure out what's the best way You're to say growling. this sucks without just saying it. Well, you just said it, so we're past it. You ripped the Band-Aid yeah. off. You can stop grunting into the microphone. Uh, yeah. Suspiria. Oh, 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 oh. Best thing about this movie is saying the title. This trailer is going to be a lot of fun to listen to, I think. Oh, uh, unless you hated the soundtrack like me. Oh, Oh, baby, the soundtrack is so good. I love it so much. I like I the xylophone it... thing. The do, 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 do. Or, I don't know. I'm I give it two thumbs tone. way down. Then we'll see. I guess there are multiple trailers, but I think the music will feature in any of them. Uh, more than likely. But anyhow, the music was by the goblins, as it says in the beginning. Whoever they are. Yeah. Goblin. Uh, Italian band Dario Gento worked with them a lot on a lot of soundtracks. They did a lot of just like prog rock, 
weird kind of, like, I don't really listen to them, but I love when they do a soundtrack for something I'm watching. Because they did a lot of work on a lot of different Italian films. And here is The Goblins, featured heavily, I assume, in this trailer for the movie Suspiria. You gotta rein that in. You really gotta rein it in. You've done it at least half a dozen times already. Roses are red, violets are blue, but the iris is the flower that will mean the end of you. Suspiria. You can run from Suspiria. than the last 12 minutes of Suspiria are the first 92. And we are back in Germany again. We're at the Dance Academy, baby. Yes, for the second movie in a row in our Halloween three-pack, we are in Germany. Will that be the case in our third movie? Listen to the end of this podcast and find out what we're doing for Halloween Hangover 2. But now let's talk about Suspiria. Uh, 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 uh. The horror movie from 1977 that is definitely rated R. It's rated R. I couldn't really find out why it was rated R. At least according to IMDb. Violence, gore. I mean, 70s gore, but gore nonetheless. I mean, it was a pretty, I mean, like, handedly gory I loved movie. it. I felt like there was I one loved... scene that should have been way more gory that felt like oh, it wasn't gory at all. Agreed. We'll get to that. So, yeah, this movie was released in February 1st, 1977, according to my information. We've skipped over a very important facet of this show, and I know we haven't... Yeah, I know we haven't truly spoiled anything yet, but we danced around it. Do you want me to spoil this, or does someone else want to give it a crack this week? Well, I think we should um, just let everybody know. In case you are new on our 137th episode, I want to say LOL and welcome. Uh, lots of love. Um, come back again. Tell your friends to come, too. We should all be coming together. Yes, yes. Let's all come together. To 50randyquades.com that's right and we'll show you what the fuck is up you know what i'm saying but i mean we're gonna talk about everything especially everything about the movie suspiria or at least we fucking mean to but i'm humble you're humble jt's greedy and johnny spade is just a nice guy that's it give you a warning that's it maybe he's humble too maybe we're just humble over here just being humble Let's get on with it. Get on with it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to spoil this movie. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about a lot of things that happen. Count it down, please. This is going to be a short and quick spoil on my end. 
three, two, one. Susie Banyan goes to a dance academy that turns out to be a coven of witches, and she kills the most powerful one and destroys the school. The end. Wish the movie was now, that short. I was about to say, what we're about to find out is that Chuck would have been satisfied if that's all that he got from this movie. Oh, this would have been a great, already. like, three-minute movie. It was not that, though. It was about an hour and 38. Yeah, so, I mean, it was still about as short as I'm going to get, relatively. I mean, it could have been an hour and 30. could have been an hour and 12. could have been two hours and seven minutes. Could have. Would have been a little bit more angry. Two hours and eight minutes? A little less angry. Still, two hours and nine. But still angrier than I am now. I think. Two hours and I think at one point I told Johnny Spade, "I'm like, I'm like, wow, I am just getting angrier with every passing moment in this movie." Now, if you would have been around February first, nineteen seventy-seven, in Italy, and definitely in the United States, whenever it was released here, you would have been happy though, because this was, from what I have at least encountered in my knowledge of this movie, a pretty solid success across the board. Especially for what it was. I know it didn't look like you could find numbers, but I've watched like documentaries and shit about this movie, so like I don't have figures in my head either. And that's what I'm but saying. I know it, it did well. All I know is that if I'm just looking at the numbers, it then in order for this to have done well, they must have shot it for like a hundred dollars. No, it definitely did well in the States. I know that I, all I could and also, really find and was that it made hold on, hold on a second. your source. Your source is the dash numbers dot com. I'm not going to put a lot of stock in whatever you're pulling from that site. I don't know. It came up. It gave me more information than my standard site, which is actually powered by IMD, or IMDb, which and gave I, me less money. You, Numbers. If they've got nothing for you, I wouldn't fucking trust just some other random site just because they're giving you a figure. Like, how do you know that's even close to reputable in any way? I don't. I did about 15 minutes of research. I'm just saying, not that it even matters, but that if you'd have given me something from IMDb, I'd have been like, okay, but this is, what is this nonsense? Well, false, all I'm saying false. is that the other the other site that I normally go to said about, like, 21 to 20 it was either twenty one thousand or twenty seven thousand, so it was less than this number which i got when i was searching for it on google and brought me to a couple of different things saying this number so i went to that site and it looked like an okay site so but once again 15 minutes should have just put nothing at all no 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 that's that's worse this shows an effort it shows a stupid effort, but we'll move on. What I can believe is that the screenplay was written by the director, Dario Argento, and <laughs> and his, I'm not sure if she was at the time, but at least was at some point, wife, Daria Nicolodi. <laughs> they have magic names. A number of his movies. No, no, they don't. Dario One is the female the... version of Daria. <laughs> Daria. Dario is the, 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 the flip-flop it, and you got it. She starred in a number of his movies, but she didn't star in this one. I think this was the first one that she wrote with him, or I think she mostly wrote this script. It wasn't his, like, it was her script. And it's the first one of his that really, like, there aren't really any dudes in this movie. There's some dudes, but they're pretty inconsequential overall. They're helper men or creepy little kids. Jaws. That one dude made me think of Jaws. I think it was named Jaws from Moonraker. Oh, oh, Pavlos or whatever. The... The Romanian dude in this movie, the one that doesn't yeah, talk, yeah, reminded me of yeah, Jaws from Moonraker. Oh, uh, it reminded me of, uh, 
don't know, just some guy, some beast with like huge mitts. Huge mitts. Like, check out huge the paws on that guy. Mitts. He's definitely the killer. Had all his teeth pulled out because he had gingivitis. Or these witches did some crazy shit to his mouth that they don't tell us about. Probably. Likely. So, as I already said, directed by Dario Argento, a master of the Italian horror genre. Like, this was already after he'd established himself as a big director. Like, he'd already put out, like, four or five movies before this that were big hits, too. But this was the first one he did that had, like, the supernatural element to it in this major way so all the witch shit all the fucking like magic shit he hadn't really done that before this movie all right so you you might like some of the stuff that he did before this more although if you've got bigger complaints than just that maybe you wouldn't uh we will see just like we will see throughout a majority of the film jessica harper who plays Susie banyan i love jessica harper We've also got Stefania Cascini as Sarah. Yes, she played a very good Sarah. <laughs> Along with Flavio Bucci. 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 He plays uh, Daniel. It's just one Bucci for those at home. He's not a triple Bucci. Bucci, Bucci. <laughs> Bucci, Bucci, Bucci. Bucci, Bucci, boo. And Miguel Bose is Mark. Udo Kier is Dr. Frank Mandel. You might recognize him from Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Is that what he's from? I did recognize the, the picture. Is that what he's from? He's from so no, many That's things. what I said. I was like, I was like, man, I really can't pinpoint where I remember him from, but I know I've seen him in a bunch of shit. So I'll give you a very specific uh, image. If you think back to Ace Ventura Pet Detective, the scene with the shark, the guy whose place it is with the limp, he's going to look at his ring. That's Udo Kier. Okay. I couldn't give you a more pinpoint description of any other thing he's in, but he's been in a hundred thousand things. Do you know which person Joan Bennett was? Madame Blanc. Oh, okay. It's like an ellipsis to me. I'm going to add a couple more here. We got Alita Valley as Miss Tanner, Barbara Magnolfi as Olga, and Ava Axon as Pat Hingle. There we go. Olga was a babe. You think so? Yeah. She was the one in the locker room at the beginning, right? With the dark hair. The the one who was talking about yeah, names yeah. being Snake. Oh, she yeah. Is a babe. All right, so do you want to do the IMDb breakdown for your pick? Of course I don't. I want you to. An American newcomer to a prestigious German ballet academy becomes to realize that a school is a front for something sinister and omit a series of grisly murders. Couldn't have done it better. Couldn't have. Well, I believe it's pronounced ballot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chuck, can you go back and try that again and pronounce it correctly this time? Ballot. (laughs) Just go ahead and cut and paste that back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll happen. It'll happen. All right. So this movie won some awards that I found. (laughs) Did you find the same thing? I didn't look up awards for this. Well, I did. And, the, oh yeah, some of some of them look real questionable. What is like the bad award for movies, like the Razzie or something like that? Yeah. Oh, this wins them all. No, <laughs> this movie's pre- held in pretty high esteem, actually. Oh, I did find. I guess we'll just go with this one, the number one that I found. The Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films gave this the Best Supporting Actress, 1978, to Joan Bennett. 
Okay, all right. Now, Joan Bennett is like a Hollywood legend coming in at the end of her career here. There's a lot of people who went into Italian cinema in the 70s and even before, but especially in the 70s, either at the beginning of or the end of their careers. Like Clint Eastwood made his name working with Sergio Leone in Italy, and that's he came back to America. Spaghetti Westerns. Exactly. I see. I didn't know that. But this is Joan Bennett going here on the tail end of her career because she can still get good paying work in Italy in in shit where she's a supporting role, but a, a big one at that. So Makes this sense. is the other side of that. This is the coming down side of it. All right. So uh, I guess we're just ready to, to dive right in to Suspiria. No, because you haven't written down here, I want to point them out. The other awards you put down were for the DVD and Blu-ray releases of, of it. Which is true. I don't have the um, 2002 version. I do have the 2018 version. Well, there you go. It is very good. And I have, the. I think the 4K came out this year. I have that one too. Well, it didn't win the award for best 4K. I don't really care. It looked fucking great. This is the first time I watched it on 4K. I bought it a while back and I was specifically saving it for this. I also have some Suspiria incense that I wait waited to burn until this. So it all took place this evening. And it looked fucking gorgeous. So now I'm ready to move on. Yeah. All right. Do they clean up the audio in the 4K version? In which way? I don't know how to describe that. I don't know. A lot of the fucking audio in this was just trash. Hard to fucking listen to. That's how it is. And I wouldn't say they necessarily clean it up on 4K because that's kind of the intent of the music. Not the music, just like all of it, like the rain and all. I don't know. I don't know. I'm less of an audiophile than I am a whatever it is when you're talking about looking at things. What's that word? A visionophile. I know that's not right. I know that's not right. Yo, I'm a visionophile. Uh, so I don't know. It didn't seem, it seemed good to me. I don't, again, you guys watched it on a very inferior medium. Yeah, we did watch it on so YouTube. So that's not going to help. Lie. We watched it on YouTube, right? If that's the reason that I hated this movie, then bully no. for youtube that that might have worked against you in the sound department but it if you hated this movie for other reasons well, than the sound on your version and based on what i've heard you say so far about it the music was absurdly just terrible and loud how, terrible is your word not mine it's definitely loud oh, okay so it was exactly how i thought it was I had a real fucking problem with this soundtrack. Right off the bat, I'm just going to get into that because through, it starts the movie off. Throughout this movie, I'm getting progressively more agitated with the fact that I have no fucking clue what's going on and I am intently watching. <laughs> and I'm just like we must be missing parts of this movie. Like, that has to be happening. Let me walk you through this movie. That's what we do here, right? We watch it so you don't have to. You watched it so you... I mean, you had to, but you didn't want to. But let me help you You're out welcome, You're welcome, like You're it. welcome. It would have made sense if you read the book. So now I gotta read a book in addition to watch a terrible fucking movie. There's no book. So, no, but here it is. It starts out and it really sets it. Here's what you're going to get from this movie. In this, So she's at the airport. Uh, Susie is. She's coming into Germany. She's going to this ballet academy. She goes outside. It's pouring fucking rain. She's trying to get a taxi. And there's this music going on. It's not as loud as it gets, but it's building there. 
and there's bright lights, even though it's dark outside. Vivid colors, blues, greens, purples, all this shit. There was shit. a lot and of it, really good visuals. And it continues throughout the whole car ride that she's going on to this dance academy. The sound is building, and the, the bass is bow, like hitting all the fucking time. There's like this... Yeah, the xylophone fucking thing. Like, that fucking melody's going on. You're hearing all these, like, whispers and sighs and moans in the background. And this dude has no, like, she's saying exactly what she he ends up saying back to her. But, like, three times, he's like, what? What? He's like, well, you can hear her perfectly well, can't you? But then they get on the road, and it's just quiet and weird. And then these woods pop up. And it's creepy as fuck. And then you hear in the soundtrack, someone, I don't know if you guys caught it, it whispers, witch. And yeah. I'm like, oh, they just give it away right there, Definitely baby. Definitely heard it. <laughs> they just pop it right in there for you. So they're not hiding what this is from you in any way, shape, no, or form. No, they're not hiding it. It's just, up until now, I have no problem with the movie so far. Sure, but we're literally not even at the school yet. No, so yeah, but we're w- literally like a handful of minutes after this. I look at Johnny, who we watched it together, and I'm just like, we're five minutes in, and I have no fucking clue what's going on. So she gets to the school, right? It's pouring rain. She gets out. She tells the taxi man to wait for her. She's like trying to get out or get out of the car. And then this other girl comes in the doorway and she's yelling something. And Susie can't really hear what it is or she doesn't think she hears what it is, whatever. And then this chick just runs off into the night, like just gone, just runs away. Susie tries to get in and whoever's on the other side of the door is like, nah, sorry, get the fuck out of here. You can't come in here at all. And so Susie's got to get back in the car, go into town and stay there for the night we don't really see her after she leaves because well we see her in the car on the way back but then we see her see it's pat is the name of the girl who ran out we see her running like through the woods and shit in the rain just taken off from this dance academy so immediately you're like what the fuck is going on here right now you're still good up to this point or are you confused like obviously you don't know why she's running no i mean like i'm still kind of like all right what's okay what's like what's gonna happen this is okay like i'm okay with this like this is cool so we get back to where pat's staying at she's crashing with a friend and she's freaked the fuck out right when she walks in i want to point out someone to point all the way through because the visuals the sets everything is so good in this the gigantic open ceiling pink ass inside of this building that they're staying in See, with the stained glass ceiling this is ceiling. where i got confused because i didn't recognize that lady in the bathroom the 1977 80 uh, amy adams look-alike as as pat yeah this transition was confusing because this whole scene i thought it was the girl from new york i didn't think it was the girl that was running through the woods and i thought it was all happening at the ballet academy which i could understand because i should point out the outside of the ballet academy is also pink so i could see why you would think the inside would also be. and that's where i was like i was like how the fuck did she get in and and that because like when they show pat go into this building i thought it was Susie going into the building and i was like how the fuck did she get in the building and then it like cuts to this other place and i'm like who, who the fuck is 1977 80 amy adams 
No, so it's Pat talking to who her, who her friend, who I don't even know if we get her friend's name because it doesn't matter, as we'll see. And she's again, she's freaking out. She's like, well, what the fuck are you freaking out about? What's going on? And Pat's just like, listen, straight up, I'm going to tell you right now, it's too absurd. It's too fantastic. You wouldn't fucking believe me if I told you. I just need to get out of this place. I need to get out of here tomorrow as soon as possible, apparently. Because she goes in the bathroom to fucking chill out, and the window blows open. These yellow eyes, though, could be a tiger's eyes or a bear's eyes. Uh, they're not, but they could be. But so yeah, we get this view from the window, and then these yellow eyes pop up, and then this hairy arm pops through the window and grabs Pat by the head and busts her head through the window and pulls her out. out of is the that the main witch that kills her, or is that... Yes, okay. that's Helena Marcos. All right, cool, 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 cool. Because like, throughout the whole movie, I thought that that was the Bulgarian brute. Okay, okay. Which, that's the whole, like, you're not supposed to know it was Helena yeah. Marcos. You know what I and mean? So, I was so like, I, 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 like, the whole movie, I was like, oh, man, did you see the mitts on that guy? It's got to be. Because, like, that arm that came through that <laughs> fucking window, that was a big old arm. I was like, it's definitely this fucking, this dude that can't talk. So, her friend is pounding on the door screaming, murderer, murderer. She's up on the roof getting stabbed a whole bunch of times. Then she gets wrapped up in a cord. Stabbed a bunch more times. Then we see her chest has apparently been opened up and her beating heart is there. And then her beating heart is stabbed, which is fucking ridiculous. I'll even concede fucking absolutely ridiculous. And I I love it for that reason. This whole scene was actually pretty cool. I just didn't know, like, how the fuck they got up on the roof. Because she was up in the room out of the window in the bathroom which led to the roof apparently i was like because like i was like all right there's obviously magic going on because i'm like they're on like the second or third floor and this fucking beast of a man is just ripping his arm through this like window and ripping this woman out and i'm like how the fuck do they get on the roof like did he just like which lower up there or something i was like all right cool I just don't know what the fuck's going on. But like it was well, she, it was cool like even when she got like her head smashed into that fucking ceiling and then like she's like falling through and then the noose kind of like fucking goes up and she's just like hanging there and fucking all this blood and shit is coming cuz there it, it is super bright. Like they focus a lot on the bright colors. Uh, that's a huge selling point of this movie. Um, it's kind of common with certain, like Mario Bava was another Italian director who started doing that in the sixties, like using really bright colors just for effect, just for the way it looked. And this movie goes really, really hard on it in every scene. There's one scene coming up where four different characters are in the same room and they're all lit with a different color. So logically it makes no sense, but that's not the point. It's more about like, this is this movie's way more about evoking a feeling than it is about following a storyline or having things make sense per se. Well, I mean, it definitely did its role in evoking a feeling. It just probably just wasn't going for the feeling it was looking <laughs> for. So she ends up getting crashed through that window in the ceiling from earlier, and her friend had run down in the lobby, and she gets sliced up by the glass and impaled by like this metal bar. Yeah, and that piece this of glass of... like halfway through her fucking face. Which I don't know why she didn't get the fuck out of the way when she saw that shit coming down. She was like, there was cover right next to her. This is one of my all-time favorite kill scenes in any horror Oh, yeah, it's like in The Omen when that dude gets fucking his head cut off by that piece of glass. Oh, yeah. 
But the whole progression of this, from the fucking witch appearing in the window to the stabs on the fucking roof to the hanging to the aftermath with the woman with the fucking glass in her head, like I just I love every second of it. Yeah, it was a really cool scene. Like, but this is right when I wrote down in my notes. We're five minutes in. I have no idea what the hell's happening. That's because I thought the fucking like who I thought was the main character was dead already. Well, and then, like, we immediately flashed to, like, the next scene of, like, Susie showing up at the Ballet Academy. Well, it's like, boom, a click. Next morning, blind Daniel walks up to the door and Susie follows him right up. And it's like, okay, here we go. She came back the next day because she couldn't get in the night before. Where did she go? Somewhere in town. They don't really answer that question. Yeah, I'm assuming it's just, like, some sort of a hotel or something like that. She didn't really have any money, but she had enough money, apparently. She could pay for the lodging she had set up with here in a little bit, so she must have had more that she put towards wherever she stayed last night. But again, I I just didn't think about it because she shows up the next day in a cab. Maybe she stayed with a cabbie, crashed in his car. Well, and that's exactly when I uh, kind of brought up, because like, they, they go into saying that she's got room and board off campus with this one girl, Olga, so they come in. This is immediate, like, boom. We got to meet some key characters real quick. Here's Miss Tanner, who's the head instructor here. And she's like, we thought you were going to be here last night. And Susie explains what happens. Then Madame Blanc comes in, and she's the deputy headmistress. And she's like, oh, I knew your aunt from New York. Um, the real headmistress isn't here right now. Also, Pat got murdered last night. And it was after we expelled her because she was a bad, bad girl. Also, your room here isn't ready, so you got to go stay with Olga in town. So he's immediately like, oh, a whole bunch of shit that's happening right now, so we can stop talking about it for a while. Yeah, it was really fucking, like, like rapid fire. Oh, well, then they still show even more. Here's another little red herring they give you, because there's these detectives that are there. They're talking to Madame Blanc, and Susie overhears them, and she's like, oh, by the way, yeah, I was here last night. And I saw this girl, like, run into the woods and shit. And she had mentioned earlier to Blanc that it had been at 10 o'clock. So after she says all that, she turns to the police. She's like, see, it's exactly like I said it happened at 11 o'clock. So right there, you're like, oh, this bitch lying about something. Clearly, she knows more about what happened to Pat last night because she lied about times and shit. Although, you're totally confused at this point when you're watching it. I'm definitely confused because I didn't key that that those characters were anyway really like because I didn't make the link from the girl running through the woods to being at that building as the same person because I I but again when they came back when they came back in the next scene and they were talking about someone from there being murdered last night you didn't go oh shit that must have been the same person well, who else and that's got what murdered? made me think that it was happening at this building. And I was like, well, what, like, where did it happen here? And that's what I was kind of like looking for, like evidence in that main room. And I was like, well, I don't see like that. Like, this doesn't look like that same room with that glass ceiling and shit. So it was but like, when you, but when you know that it's her and you know that she just ran away in the rain last night, why would you be thinking it would have happened there? I'm just telling you based on what, like, that's what I, I don't think that this, the, the transitions were good. Because it, it left me very confused. But by this scene, you should have had all the information enough to correct how you'd been confused. Now you've just confused yourself. But so the girl that says that she says to you, like, I'm not used to dealing with money or whatever, had a whole lot of fucking cash fall out of her purse, too. Like, yeah. so she had money. 
And I just want to point out here is a little bit of tidbit because the way that after this is when Olga comes over and she's like the snake thing. And then she hisses at Sarah while Sarah sticks her tongue out at her like she's a little girl. This was originally supposed to be younger girls when it like the way it was written. But they were like, yeah, but filming a movie like this, what happens? We can't really film it with younger girls. So we're going to have to cast age-appropriate people. They act younger. And if you'll notice, or maybe you didn't throughout the movie, the doorknobs are all, like, really high, like, at people's shoulder level. I did not notice that. Well, everything is supposed to be really kind of disconcerting. The hallways are really tall. Like, everyone is supposed to be made to feel smaller inside of the building. It's really disproportionate. That See, like, it didn't really make me feel that watching it because like one i don't necessarily know how the architecture is going to be in another country so for uh, that is i feel like a legitimate thing so and then on top of it i didn't know that this was supposed to be kind of having younger girls in it so they're trying to do that trick with the the camera you're well, not really necessarily supposed to know that like i'm just telling you what i know about the movie i'm just saying like so I like that wasn't something that I I caught. I was more thinking that it was like just playing on the colors and everything like cuz like I I really did like a lot of the visual parts of this movie like with all the color changes and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool. I just didn't like the way that the sound was because it was really hard for me to pay attention to it when it was just like so overbearing. But I did like how she's like kind of, um, what do you call it, like selling that she's got like jet lag, but she doesn't really necessarily know she's got jet lag when she's setting up to practice ballet the next day. And she's just like, oh, man, she's just like, I just feel weak. And then like that Miss Tanner, she's just like pushing her and pushing her and pushing her. And then she just like passes out and wakes up in the doctor's office. What about jet lag? Well, that's what I wrote down. Like when, remember when, like when they like, first show her starting to practice the ballet. Uh, it's when she passes out. Yeah, I thought that was because she was walking through the hallway and there was that chick and the one kid, and she had like that metal thing and that oh, light that's, shined in her eye. That's exactly what it was from, and it was kind of, and then like that's when like what? Let's jump back a little bit and cover a couple of things. So Susie goes and stays with Olga at her place. Her shit gets dropped off over there. We meet Mark, who they're hinting at a love interest with, and they get to talking about Pat. And Pat or Olga's really selling the Pat was a piece of shit who deserved to get kicked out. Fuck that bitch. And Susie's just sitting there like, I heard her yelling something. What did I hear her yell? I think it was Secret and Iris. So you're sitting there going, what the fuck is Secret Iris, right? But she thinks that she heard these words in the middle of the storm, but she doesn't even know if that's what it is. You get to practice the next day at the academy. Now, before she faints, she's talking to Madame Blanc. And Madame Blanc's like, oh, girl, your room is ready. You can move in today if you want to. Ready for you here. And she's like, no, I'd rather stay in the city with fucking Olga. That's way better. Madame Blanc's like, well, fine, then. I don't give a fuck, bitch. And she runs off. Yeah, she was like, she took it, like, personally. Oh, yeah, and then Miss Tanner comes over, and she's like, oh, I didn't realize you were going to be such a fucking strong, opinionated woman who's going to stand up for herself. My compliments. But basically her tone is, fuck you too, bitch. And so the tone changes, and that's when the thing Spade's talking about happens, where this creepy-ass cook and the little boy are, like, chilling in this hallway, and Susie walks past them. Yeah, that was uh, pretty crazy, because, like, 
Oh, and that's another thing. Like, again, that is supposed to just be weird and out there and be like, what the fuck? Because I don't, you know, at this point, you don't have an explanation unless you're already sitting there going, this is a house of witches. Oh, is that like a witch thing? They fucking shine some kind of light in her eye and it fucked up her head or something? I'm guessing it was some sort of like enchanted object that because after it hits her, she gets all dizzy and she sees all these like sparkles in the air. Like she gets real bright and there's just like the dust in the air just suddenly appears as gold. And she's like woozy and dizzy and you know she got all fucked up. And that's when she heads into practice and Miss Tanner's like, dance, bitch. Yeah. And she's just like, no, keep going. You're just she's like, you're just hot dogging it. You got to raise your arms. You got to do your kicks. And she's like, nah, man, like, I'm fucking going to pass. And then she fucking faints. And she just kind of wakes up and she's laying in her bed and she's like, what, what the fuck happened? Blah, blah, blah. And they're all like, oh, you're fine. You're going to be just okay. Right, doctor? And this guy strolls in. And he's all like, yeah, no problem. Let me just fucking jab you real quick. They don't even call him doctor. They call him professor. Yeah. That dude might not even be a doctor. Well, I guess he's not. He's probably just a professor. Professor... Vertigas. Vertigas. Professor Vertigas. Stabs her with some shit. And it just so happens that Olga brought all of Susie's stuff back from her room and the $50. Didn't even spend a cent of it. And Susie's like, why the fuck would she do that? This doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. So even Susie's sitting there going, this doesn't make any fucking sense to me, guys. Yeah. Which it doesn't, because Olga would be like, I want that money. Give me that money. So, yeah, here I'm like, you know, I have a pretty good idea that this place is, like, run by witches. So now I'm thinking, like, they're conspiring to keep her here for some fucking reason. Oh, well, that's what I thought, too. Oh, yeah. Well, it just so happens Sarah pops in. And she's like, hey, girl, we're next door neighbors. Isn't that fucking awesome? And Susie's like, no, girl, I feel like a 10-year-old. I don't want to be here right now. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I feel like I'm back at boarding school. Like, this is bullshit. I am an adult. Let me live my life. I need to go to a club. I need to go fucking buy some cigarettes. And then Sarah's like, oh, don't worry about it. I got a pack right here. You want to split? Let's go have these. And then our Romanian friend Pavlo shows up with dinner. And dinner also happens to have wine because, according to Professor Dr. Vertigast, it strengthens your blood. So was that wine or was it blood? I'm pretty sure it was blood. Oh, yeah, because that was most definitely blood. Because <laughs> when she dumps it down the sink later, it's not wine. It is <laughs> thick. That's what I said. I was <laughs> like, that is not wine. It's very thick. It's definitely what's making her groggy and sleepy yeah. and whatever moving forward. After the initial like flash of light, now they moved on to potions made of blood. Slytherin. This is definitely a Slytherin house. There's no doubt about that. This is after they move, you know, it's a sub house of Slytherin. After you move out and you become your own independent wizard or witch, you're just a, an offshoot. You're a farm team of <laughs> Slytherin or Gryffindor or whatever house. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like Venom. Triple A wizardry. So now this crazy fucked up thing happens. Susie's sitting there combing her hair and she like picks something out of it. Ooh, it's a, yeah. a live a live maggot. She's like, what the fuck? And she's a couple more in her, in her comb. And then they just start falling from the ceiling. And they show the ceiling. It is covered with maggots. And I was like, why the fuck is her ceiling covered with maggots? And she runs out and like the whole fucking floor. Every single girl is running out of their rooms with maggots on their face. And she's just like, ah, suspicious. 
Well, Miss Tanner, Miss Tanner and Mark are like, let's go up in the fucking attic and see what's going on because they're coming from the ceiling. Yeah, and they're just what? They're just a box of food. So that's what they say. The floor food up there, supplies. The floor up there is the floor up there is covered with maggots. They're walking all over. Oh yeah, that was gross. Up shit, like oh they went they went hard on the maggots. I mean it was season, gross, right? but like not in like a way where it was like this is bad. I was like oh this is gross. Like no, I know someone. People get fucked up by maggots. I know someone. I watched this with one time. They were like, when the maggot shit comes, tell me so I can not watch it because I will have to leave the room. Like you used to be with two shit. I remember you said a long time ago. Oh, I still whenever, can't do it. Shit. So it, it's like that, except maggots. For me, I was just like, remember I was when I walked maggots. out of the human centipede oh, too? You did that night, didn't? Yeah, I had to you leave. You did walk out. Well, they explain it the next day. All the girls are in Madame Blanc's office, and she's like, "Yeah, man, they sent us some spoiled food. We usually, when we get shipments of food, stick them up in the attic because that's the best place to keep food. It makes sense." Uh, and it was spoiled already, and it was so spoiled that there were millions of maggots that infested our entire house. Oh, yeah. Makes total sense. Just stick this box of food up there. Girls are like, hell yeah, let's go dance. I buy it. <laughs> it's not a problem. But here's the thing. In the meantime, since shit's fucked up right now, there's maggots everywhere. We've built this makeshift fort of sheets in the the practice hall. We're all going to sleep there like we're little children. But if you guys want to go get a hotel, that's fine, too. Dude, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Just make sure you come back. Just so you know, us teachers are going to be crashing here, too. It's going to be a real thing. We're going to be playing games all night long. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. But it is getting pretty late, so you guys mind if I turn these lights off? And then, dude, I love it, dude. They put these white sheets up. Lights go out. Red. Just red. And you see the shadows of the adults on the other side kind of moving around, getting ready for bed. Like, just, I, I, We've kind of talked about it. I want to make sure, that, and I'll get into it more later when we're done talking about it. The colors in this Oh yeah, are so fucking magnificent and over the top so it was one of the last and maybe even the last movie filmed on technicolor film before the process that they used to do it was ended permanently Hmm. and the way that they treated it with the three because technicolor was like blue red and green i think were focused on in the processing of film to make it a color film and they just really heavily saturated those three colors using technicolor so it's it has a very specific and distinct look because there's really nothing else that can look like this without trying to do it via computer all right that's pretty cool on a technical note which i know very little about i'm kind of just regurgitating something i've heard someone else say Okay, so there's a the next like big scene in this movie was something that I didn't necessarily know what the fuck was going on. Are we are we moving past the sheet fort already? Because oh. if you are, then you're missing a big thing. Well, I'm not necessarily missing it now that I remember it, but they're giving it to you on a silver platter yeah. that it's fucking the headmistress. Sarah says the headmistress wants because they hear this heavy snoring right behind their two heads. They're sleeping. Uh, Susie and Sarah and she's like yeah one time this really awful snorer slept next to me in my empty roommate's room one night and I asked Tanner the next day she's like yeah that was the headmistress and that's the same snoring so this headmistress bitch is not out of the country she's right here sleeping by our heads snoring like a little gross baby and by gross baby you mean like 
someone who's like hundreds of years old. We'll get to that, but yes, absolutely. So there, I just needed to make sure that that was there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Helena Marcos is, you don't see her by face, you don't see her, you don't hear her by name, but it's like, yeah, that's what's up. So then there's this, um, like the guy that plays the piano for them while they're doing their ballet dancing, he's blind and his dog stays outside and he's in there playing piano, you know, rocking it out and like the cook and the madam's nephew walk up yeah his name's like albert or something the creepy little kid and the same people that shot the light beam in her eye yes and they come up on the dog and the dog kind of like looks at them like a dog would and then they cut away to the dude rocking it out charlie brown style on the piano they cut to a shot of the hallway before they cut to him and you kind of hear the dog making like squealing yelping kind of noises definitely not attacking kind of noises and then yeah then it goes to miss tanner walking up to the blind guy and he's all like she is just like evil to him well she's like yo your dog just fucking attacked this little boy i'm gonna have this fucking dog killed if you don't keep it at least a mile away from this fucking place and the dude's like nah man impossible that's the seeing eye dog that is a helper dog that kid must have fucking done something. And Tanner's like, well, why don't you get the fuck out of here too, then, motherfucker? I'm going to kill both of you. And she's like, he's like, all right, bitch, I'm out. And then he leaves. And so he's he's gone for a while. We cut to Susie being drugged by the blood wine again, talking to Sarah in the room. And she's all drugged up. And they're talking about the teachers. Because Susie had asked earlier, do the teachers usually sleep here? And Sarah was like, nah, they usually leave at like 9.30 sharp. They get the fuck out of here. Here in bed, Susie's like, I'm listening to their footsteps, man. They're not headed towards the door. They're not leaving here every night. And Sarah's like, what? She's like, yeah, she's like, the, she's like, yeah, the, the door is like on the left and they're walking to the right. Right, right. So as they're sitting there talking about this and Sarah's getting this idea to count the footsteps to figure out where they're going, the heavy breathing and the sighing comes up, the music starts to pump up, wind is blowing through the curtain and shit, and they zoom in on the moon real close, and then they cut to a bunch of German dudes dancing with each other on a tabletop. Yeah, and that's where the blind guy's at just listening to music. <laughs> um, Lederhosen, is that what that's called, Lederhosen? Yeah. A bunch of men doing a slap dance together. A little slapping, a little slow dancing is real nice. And then uh, dude leaves. He walks by some German officers. And then he's walking into a square when his dog just kind of goes apeshit barking at like nothing. I'm uh, pretty sure that this little area he walked into was commissioned by Hitler in real life. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So is that why Just he was little, barking? A little bit trivia. Because he's all like, Hitler's dead ghost is there, and he's all like, I gotta fight him? Nah. I don't think that's where Hitler died, but... Well, no, but that's guess. where Hitler's dead ghost hangs out? Nah, man, it's just a witch out there hunting. And yeah, they sick the dog on his owner, and... Gargoyle. Bites him in the fucking neck. Oh, yeah, they yeah, zoomed in on that fucking gargoyle. But didn't it come to life? Like, yeah, because then it was gone. That's definitely the implication there. Because something started flying around. Yeah, they he, they zoom in on it, then it's gone, and then something was flying around. And then the dog just attacks. So, yeah, that's probably what the him. dog's fucking barking at is this flying gargoyle. Eats his flesh. Eats his flesh. Fuck, yep, fucking eats him. I, I just I didn't know really why 
like that whole scene was in the movie. It is a red herring scene, one of those things that's just meant to make you think like, well, maybe all this shit is Miss Tanner or the cook is the one who, you know, not Helena Marcos, but someone else is behind. All, all right. So they're just trying those... to throw you for a loop. Did the dog, uh, did the dog actually bite the kid? Cause I was thinking the dog actually so, bit the kid and then they went and fucking killed the guy cause the, to get him back for the dog. We don't get a straight answer on that, I don't think, but my take on it would be no. They're just setting Daniel up to get murdered because they want him out of the picture for whatever reason. So they fuck with the dog and start a whole thing. Like, I'd imagine that they had kind of already done some sort of possession thing on the dog out front instead of the kid being bit. Like, that's what really went down out there. And that came into play later. That's all expected because, again, they don't tell you. They don't show you. You don't know. And ultimately, it doesn't really matter because this dude just gets eaten by his fucking dog and we never see the dog again. True. (laughs) This Daniel, the the blind pianist, and his guide dog are no longer in the movie. That's it. They're done. Barely even referenced again. So anyway, so we get back and there's all this talk because, again, people know that Daniel's missing and Daniel's been killed and all this shit's going on. People are talking about maybe there's a hex on the place. Uh, And Susie goes right into Blanc's office. She's like, I got to talk to you, girl. And Tanner tries to come in and Blanc is like, no, I need to talk to her alone. And Tanner looks like she's about to go cry, man. She's not happy with that. And Susie's like, listen, you know I saw some shit that night I got here and Blanc's like, yeah, bitch, we've already been over this. Would you shut up about it? And Susie's like, does anyone know who killed Pat? And Block's like, yo, the police say they got some really strong leads. They're on it. Don't worry about it. And Susie's like, so there's this thing about secret irises, too, that I think I heard. And right there in the shot, between their two heads, are the secret irises. And she's talking about them. Like, the blue one you need to turn is literally centered in the frame. As she's saying, what could secret irises be? And fucking Blanc is like, literally didn't I even notice fucking that. Tell you. You're really not supposed to. You know what I mean? Like the first time yeah. through, like it's there, it's there for you, but you're not, I don't know if you're supposed to link it all together. I don't know if I did the first time. I probably didn't. This time I know it's coming. So, but it's literally centered in the frame that blue iris as Blanc is saying, I couldn't even tell you what that is. So that's pretty cool. I like that. Blanc is even like, you've done a good job. I'm going to call the police right now and tell them something. Like, oh, hello, police. Hi, this is me. Uh, yes, secret irises. That's a <laughs> little bit of extra information for you. Meanwhile, Susie go to the pool. And Sarah's like, you fucked up. Because she's like, you told her about someone talking to what's-her-name at the door. She might not have known about that before, but I was the person who was talking at the door. I'm the one who told you to fucking leave and not come into the fucking ballet academy that night. And now she knows someone was there. She's going to know it was me because I was friends with fucking Pat. So, shit. Yeah. And we even get a shot while they're in the pool of Helena Marcos, like, float or spear or whatever, like, floating over the pool watching them. You can tell because they play Helena Marcos's music. But you were probably so mad about the music, you didn't even care about it being like, well, this is her music. Oh, yeah, I definitely didn't pick up on whose music was what. Uh, it's just, because, yeah, I even wrote down, I was just like, this soundtrack's pissing me off. Like, because, like, I literally right here in this instance is where I wrote it. Well, they go back in the room, and Susie's about to pass out again. Yeah, and Sarah's, like, shaking her, like, don't pass out, Susie. Please don't fall asleep, dude. You're supposed to come find these fucking... You're supposed to track these footsteps with me. We're going to track this place like it's Hogwarts. 
and she had mentioned the pool earlier that Pat had been taking notes and that Pat had given her the notes. So Sarah was going to show Susie the notes later and Susie's just out. They're gone. And so Sarah's like, shit, I gotta, I gotta deal with this on my own because there's this bright light coming above the door and I gotta run out of here before they come in. Yep. And so she's running around and then she's trying to like outrun this light but it keeps coming for her and then it's coming from her for her from a different direction so she backtracks and she's like fuck 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 where do i go where do i go and then she's like oh shit there's this ladder i'm gonna climb this ladder up into the ceiling oh yeah but at this point the light that was chasing her has gone somewhere put on a cape and got itself a straight razor yes it's become an actual like murdering like Hand. You know, slasher sort of thing. And that's what chases her up into the attic. Because the best place to run in a horror movie is usually the attic. Yes, yes. Upstairs, not out the front door. Always up, never out. So she's running up the stairs and she's following, like, the wall, right? And she, like, unlocks a secret door, I think it is. I think it's, like, a secret door, right? That looked like a pretty secret it's a hidden, door. It's a hidden panel. It's a hidden panel in the wall that she happened to run into. Yeah. So she like opens up the secret door, and she's like, "Oh shit! Like, no, fuck that! I'm not gonna go through the secret door." And she's like, like continuing to walk along this wall, and somehow the evil gets in front of her, and breaks through this like wall of glass. But I mean, like, all right, it's magic. So um Well though she she gets like pushed into looks like glass doors on like a some sort of curio cabinet or whatever the fuck that would be called. And like she gets pushed back into it or falls back into it and oh she definitely oversells it and breaks all the glass. Oh yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Definitely oversells it, but smashes all the glass so she's already kind of bloody. She's like getting swiped at by this fucking mystery arm and she fucking runs backwards into that hidden room and fucking latches the lockdown. And then she's like hiding in the light and this like she sees that straight laser like you're saying, like coming in through the crack in the door trying to fucking lift up the lock. That shit was irritating the fuck out of me, dude. They kept cutting back to him trying to flip that latch. I'm just like, go straight up, dude. Just straight fucking up. Like they they even went so far as to cut the music down to absolute silence. Nothing. And the only thing you heard was him or her or whatever trying to fucking lift that latch and Sarah scrambling to build something to climb up through this tiny grate up at the top. This scene right here, probably my favorite scene of the entire movie. I believe that because it felt the realest for me in the aspect of like, fuck, I have to get out of here. And then the fact that there is silence. So like you can hear them kind of like scrambling and breathing and setting up this like tower of random shit to climb to get to this fucking wind, this small fucking window, like at the like near the top of this wall. And it's, like, the only way out. So Sarah's just like, I gotta fucking do this. And she gets up there, and she gets through this fucking window, right? And she looks back, and then she inexplicably, without necessarily noticing the razor wire all over the no, floor. No, no, no. Let me, let, before we go any further, because I love you know, how it makes no sense, but I want to hear how you're going to just, what you're going to answer these questions with. Why is there a room like that in the first place? 
Why does that room exist at a ballet academy? No idea. Why would there be a room of spooled up razor wire, let alone a bunch of loose razor wire? It was left over from the war. That's a fair answer I'm going to go with. It is the fairest answer. And I think she knows exactly what she's doing. I don't know why she jumps into it, but they don't make it seem like she's unaware of what's happening. She looks down and jumps right in. I said to Chucky B at this scene, I was like, this is like fucking Saw right here. And then I proceeded to say, no, Saw makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah, I was cringing at this. I'm like, oh, my God, she's just diving and struggling in this fucking raisin wire. Oh, my God. Well, and this is where is I was one that you a little she- baffled yeah. because I'm like, ooh, I think there would be a lot of blood. Yeah. Yeah, I did notice that, but and and I felt like there was none. I don't know if that was intentional or not. Like again, to add to the fucking factor of like this doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't there be more blood? And it feels like it has to be, especially in a movie because they go for blood in these kind of movies. You can tell from that opening scene where she's hanging and shit. Like they're not afraid to use a lot of blood, and and it's like a colorful movie. I expected a scene like this to just be painted red by the end of it. Well, as she gets to the door and she's about to get out, the killer shows up and they do a real close-up of her throat just getting slashed. Yeah, I like that. I didn't think it was bad, but I I would have rather just seen some fucking blood in the fucking razor wire floor. Well, we're not done with her. We're done with her for now, but we get a little bit more of her later. I don't think we get as much as I would like, but she does return a little bit later. So Susie wakes up the next morning and shit, Miss Tanner's explaining Sarah just, man, she up and left this morning. All her shit's gone. Like, we don't even know what happened. And Susie's like, uh uh-uh. uh, uh uh uh, uh, I ain't buying that. No, yeah. Susie's like, something's fishy about that because she wouldn't have just left like that. Now, here comes my absolute least favorite part of the movie when she calls up this doctor who used to be Sarah's psychiatrist who also happens to know an expert in the field of witchcraft. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And then they go have this pleasant little conversation outside of a convention center in broad daylight about the history of witches and the history of witches in that particular building. And I'm just like... The biggest thing I noticed about this scene was that dude's green jacket. Udo Kier, it's a good jacket. This scene just kind of felt to me like they're like, oh, um, just in case you haven't noticed what was happening in the entire movie, we're going to shoehorn all of it right here. Yeah, this scene was for you. <laughs> I didn't like that they provide it to you like this. Like, I feel like this was either. a terrible fucking way to be like, uh, just in case you don't get what we're going for, because we understand that might happen. Here's all the information in five minutes, uh, deal with it. And I'm just like, don't yeah. like this. Well, they do it. And it was where we find out Helena Marcos's name, that she came over in like the late 1800s and founded the school. And it was both a dance academy and an occult school. Eventually, she's fucking like killed in a fire in 1905. The occult shit supposedly stops, but obviously didn't. And she didn't really die. But that's what happens. And that's okay. That's what's happening at the school right now. That's what Susie finds out. That's the information she has when she goes back now. She's equipped and ready to deal with the shit. And that's why she doesn't drink the wine. She's equipped to know a little bit more, right? So she's waiting for this uh, brute to bring her her dinner. And so she's like, all right, I'm going to flush all this shit down the toilet. I'm going to fucking dump this blood down the sink. Oh, that was what I've been drinking. And this is definitely not wine that's disgusting and then 
she opens up the window and a bat flies in. So she's battling this bat and then she fucking yep, it's all up in her hair and shit. she kills this fucking bat eventually. And she's like, all right, cool. Like, I'm a fucking badass. I just killed this bat. I'm going to walk out of this bathroom. And I'm gonna be like, all right, I got my wits about me now. Because, like. She does smoke a cigarette after she kills this bat. Yeah. So she, she smokes a hand rolled. And then she's like, all right, cool, cool, cool. I have to fucking. She finds the note from Sarah that has the footstep counts on it. And then she hears footsteps. Yeah. She's like, all right, cool. Like, that's what these numbers are. I can track these footsteps, right? So, one, I don't even know how doable that is. Buddy, we have done a lot more ridiculous things this fo- so far in this movie than move by footsteps. And that's what so I'm saying. So, not, I'm just buying into it, right? Do. So, she's she's tracking it, and she's, like, moving about this fucking ballet academy mansion occult school. Well, if you'll notice, the first door that Sarah tried, she couldn't get through and was locked, which is why she had to go up into the attic. Yeah. That same door when Susie tries it opens right up for her and brings her into a hallway. So interesting there. So yeah, she's able to get through that door and then she what goes down that hallway and then gets into a hallway that has the cook and another cook. Yeah, they're all like helpers or whatever. Yeah, they're cutting up a whole bunch of meat and she sneaks past them, but just meat barely. or students. Could be meat and students. Yes, yes. The meat of students. Or dog. Or dog. Look probably more like dogs. Or Daniel. Or Daniel. No, because the police showed up when the dog and Daniel were there. Yeah, but they're on the payroll. I can't rule that out. I won't rule that out. So anyway, Sarah ends up, or not Sarah, Susie ends up in Madame Blanc's office. Where she's wandering about going, what the fuck? And let's mention there's a thunderstorm going on right now. So it's wild outside. Well, I mean, there's pretty much a thunderstorm going on this entire movie. Minus the times during the day. When it's like nice. There's a lot of thunderstorms going on. Yeah, it seems like Uh, every night they got a thunderstorm. They're like, nighttime, time to bring out the thunder, baby. Well, she, she notices the irises on the wall in her mirror, and then her mind jumps back to the moment, and she hears the whole thing again. Like, I saw the secrets. I know what's going on here. There's an open door. There's three irises. Turn the blue one. And Susie's like, oh, shit. I know what to do now. And so she turns that. She opens it. A fucking, like, hidden door pops open. And she's like, oh, yeah, I got to fucking investigate. Maybe there's a chamber of secrets. Fucking Hermione Granger right here. And then she stumbles upon some witchy witches talking shit. Blanc is like, kill that American bitch. Make her die, die, die. You vanish. know what I'm talking about? She says fucking vanish. She needs to vanish, vanish, vanish. And then she's like, fucking kill her. Kill that American bitch. I'm like, I don't. I'm why? Like, were why? They, yeah, yeah. Why did they want to kill her? Because this whole movie, I'm starting to think. I like, felt like they were trying to recruit her. Yeah, exactly. I thought they were like drugging her and they were trying to make it so that fucking old lady was going to take her body. But now they're just like, oh, kill her for like no fucking reason. Let's kill this bitch. I think the idea is they're trying to get someone who's willing to be and not someone they have to force to be. They want to like ply them into it through this potion instead of like. But once they're resisting or they know too much, got to kill them. I think Pat was a failed experiment in this too, potentially. Or she was watching it happen to other girls like Olga I feel like is involved somehow at least in the recruiting of all of this look at how much she was working with all these witches like they've got a they've got a plan of what they're doing I don't understand it 
but they've got some kind of plan to keep maybe they're just setting these girls up as sacrifices to helena marcos to keep her body alive maybe she can't be transferred to another body but young probably virginal girls being sacrificed to her gives her power to keep living like a lot of speculation that can come out of that but they need to kill her now apparently that's the whole idea and black does this weird thing she does like this black sacrament where she like eats the body and drinks the blood of something probably helena marcos calls upon her for power and like the lightning crashes when she does it and she's calling for death and sickness and all that i mean that was pretty cool so she turns around Susie does to like get the fuck out of there and laid out on a slab in front of her is her friend sarah looking way worse for wear than she was the last time we oh, saw her, yeah. even with a slit throat Pins in her eyes, blood all over her body, spikes through her wrists. Like, she's way more fucked up now. And you're like, what the hell is happening with her? And now Pavlos is on the hunt as well. So Susie's like, what the fuck am I going to do? And he's got that lighter that Sarah always had. Because at one point earlier in the movie, Susie's all like, man, he really likes your lighter, huh? And Sarah's like, don't worry about it. I don't think he's a thief. So here comes the climax, because Susie runs into a room to hide, and it turns out to be Helena Marcos's sleeping chamber. Yeah, because she hears that same fucking heavy, weird uh, snoring. Yeah. And, but she can't find a body, so she like she like stumbles across something, and it makes a loud noise, and then Helena wakes up, and she's like, who's in my chambers? Who awakens the great witch, Helena? I will cut your face off and wear it like a holiday mask. And so Susie grabs some kind of crystal shard off this peacock that she uh, knocked over earlier. And Helena's like, oh, bitch, you're going to try and kill me? Are you kidding me right now? Let me fight you with your zombie friend who I brought back to life yeah, to murder said, you like, with a knife Hell right is now. on the other side of that door. Yeah. And some, like the living dead and then fucking sarah pops through see i know i wish there had been more of dead sarah yeah she just kind of like steamrolls at Susie, and Susie like fucking like jukes out the way and she's like nah bitch and she's she sees like this like silhouette almost like a light flash silhouette of this uh helena every time there was a lightning strike and i uh, see i did not put that i yeah, didn't key are, that in but that's pretty lightning cool. strikes yeah and so like she's all like oh shit there's a person here potentially uh if there's not i'm gonna die anyhow so let's just stab what could be a person and she's like yeah and fucking stabs this like pin into helena and then she kind of like appears she's like oh shit my magic's not working anymore because you got me and the fucking needles like in her neck and then she like pulls out and she like stab her again it was like a big like crystal shard this wasn't a needle it's what came off of that big peacock thing so it's like basically a glass knife oh nice and then yeah she stabs it she stabs it directly through her throat like from one side through the other and that kills marcos and so then as that happens the place starts to fall apart. Wait, that it's kills like, all the witches like they're all just kind of like blah and like dying and she's like trying to escape because what's his face said earlier if you took away the head of a coven that yeah it would be like a headless uh snake or something yep you cut off the head of a snake the body's useless so that's what happens here and she runs out and the whole place fucking like it's not like hydra where two more grow in its place nope not in this case so 
this is before we move into the ratings part of it this is part of what is a trilogy and there's three mothers of sorrow is what they're called hold on i have more specifics wait there's more movies they're tied loosely like they're they're meant to be three like super powerful witches like so they only really reference each other and the fact that they're three powerful witches but like Susie doesn't come back or anything like that it's not like that so this was about the mother of size which is why there are a bunch of size in the soundtrack and shit throughout the whole thing. Mater Superiorum is Latin for it. Then there's Inferno in 1980, which is uh, Mater Tenebrarum, which is the mother of darkness. And 2007 is Mother of Tears, Mater Lacrimarum. So it is part of a bigger thing. This is the best one of all of them, in my opinion. And I have a feeling you two have no interest in anything to do with any more of these. No, yeah, this is where it starts and ends with me. So let's move to the ratings. Wait, there was one in 2007. Yeah, that's awful. Really? That's terrible shit. Yeah, it's really, really bad. Well, he, I think, still might make movies. I don't know if he's dead yet. I don't really know. But he made movies for a long time. And if he is dead, he made them all the way up until his death. Probably. Most of them were really bad after the 80s, in my opinion. All right, all right, all right. Well, like you said, that's where we're going to get to the uh, rating portion of the podcast. Where we are going to rate Suspiria on a scale of 1 to 50 Randy Quaid's. Where 1 is the worst, 50 is the best, and 2 to 49 is literally anything in between. Now, I am very surprised to see this pull in a 37 on the Randy Quaid scale. Because most things like we've discussed, I don't know about most, but a lot of them fall in the lower 30s on average this is probably on the higher end of most things we've watched in terms of what comes from imdb yeah there are some that are in the 20s a lot right a lot in the 20s to be honest no i'm going to start here just because i don't want to have to follow up whatever is going to be said and i don't have a lot to say because i think i've talked enough about what i like about this movie this is one of the first movies i well, I probably first saw this in like 2002 or three probably senior year of high school somewhere around there it was one of the first like movies period i saw where i was like it doesn't even need to fucking make sense if it looks cool and is fun and this movie fucking looks cool and is fun especially to me back then and the more i watch and i've watched it at least a thousand times probably more the more i like it i'll never not fucking love this movie uh i'm giving it a 50 that's why i picked it nice nice so you guys can rate in whatever order you want from there you want to go for johnny spade sure this is a tough one and i'm just gonna save some time here and say i'm gonna give this motherfucker a 20 all right oh wait so jt i assume you would say you would um recommend that people see this no I need I need to know who I'm talking to to recommend this movie. Because if it weren't for this show, I would never recommend that you watch this movie. I would never put you through it. I had to for this. You've put me through some shit. So many more shit movies than I've ever put you through on this show. I thought it was fair to put you through at least one. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's not okay. bad. I, it is what it is. You'll get over having seen this movie. And now you can say you saw it if anyone brings it up. And you can fucking cry about it then, too. I could be like, I, could be like, I, did, I did see this movie. And I got a whole podcast you can listen to about my thoughts on it. If if so if you're someone who's super into fucking horror movies, I'm gonna recommend it just because I think you should have seen it, even if you hate it. If you're not really into horror movies, I don't know, man. I, do whatever you want to do. If you like things that look pretty and that's enough for you, then this is a good a good thing to go with. 
Um, I do own it. I will watch it again. Absolutely. I'll probably buy more copies of it when they put out better ones in the future. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, sorry to interrupt you, Johnny. What the fuck? I thought you were fucking humble, you mother... I'm greedy. I needed more time. Sons of bitches. All right, so 20. What do I got to say here? You know, I probably would watch this again, and I think score would probably go up if I watched it multiple times. There were some things like, with it being an older film, and fucking, I think it was filmed in Italy. I think some of the actors were Italian, so it was kind of hard to understand what everybody was talking about. It was hard to really follow the dialogue because it was fucking just hard to hear. And the fucking audio didn't always sync up with the lips. So, like, some of the conversations you were talking about, like, I didn't even fucking pick up on anything. Well, that, that's definitely a matter of you guys watching it on YouTube. Because I definitely didn't have those problems oh, on my didn't? end. And not just because I've seen not just because I've seen this before, but that is, no, absolutely not. I don't know what that was, but that's, I didn't have that problem. Uh, we, we really couldn't get it anywhere else. I looked at Yeah, you couldn't even buy it on Amazon to watch. Really? Yeah, it yeah. says not available. We could have watched the 2018 version. Oh, we could. That would have been funny if we would have watched that, and then we did this podcast. Be like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> I could, I could, I could have switched it up. No, I'm just saying if we had watched it and you did watch the 1977 version, I might go watch the 2018 version right now. Actually, all right, all right. But anyway, Spade. So, would you recommend this? Probably not. I don't think I really know anybody that would. I tell Taylor Ricardo. I see that's the thing. I don't know how he was. He was the one I was really hoping would be on this because I had no fucking clue and I was interested to see. I'm glad we got Spade on here because it's the same thing. I had no fucking clue. I 20, I think, is a respectable stance. Well, like, on I wanted this. more explanations to some things. Like, why were they fucking drugging her or giving her the wine? What was their fucking purpose with her? Because it seemed like they fucking wanted something to do with her. And then why are they running a fucking ballet academy? A front, a steady flow, a steady flow of young girls that's kept them around. And a for... steady flow of cash, because like, that was it. a big it's, thing. Need money, witches need money. Witches need money. Would you watch this again, Spade? Probably. I think it would probably get better the more I watched it, especially if we were having like problems because we watched it on YouTube. It would probably be better on another viewing. All right, your turn, Mister Chuck Banner. All right, so uh, I actually. I'm going to raise my score a little bit from what I have written down just because uh, we did have good conversation about it. So that makes me enjoy the movie a little bit more, but I still remember having to take a break because I was getting aggravated. And then uh, Spade and I were outside talking. I was like, man, I really used to like horror movies. And now I find I just don't necessarily like him as much like i like certain horror movies but i don't know if like they're considered horror movies anymore like the like is slasher movies considered horror or yeah okay so like yeah i'm like yeah i like certain types of horror movies and like i like i like suspense the the genre that this movie is rooted in is called giallo it's a specific type of italian slasher movie this just brings the supernatural element. The, the the nod that it gives the Giallo films is when you see the caped person with the... the uh, see, I thought that was all pretty straight cool. Straight razor. So if you go back to his earlier films, it's way more straight up, like murder mystery, masked killer slasher See, movies. I think I could fuck with that. 
this adds the supernatural, super weird, over-the-top element that takes it out of that realm, but some people still consider it that. So my answer is slashes are absolutely horror films. There's so many different kinds of horror films. I really did not. Well, I got because we did specifically talk about Hostel and how it was like I, I liked those movies back in the day, and now I'm just like I don't even know if I could watch them. It's a horror film. I don't want to watch. I don't want to. I don't want to watch torture. I just. I don't need to see that. No, I agree. But anyway, getting back to this movie, uh, I'm gonna raise it a little bit. It's still coming in really poor rating for me because uh, it did invoke a feeling, and it wasn't the one that it was intended for in viewing. I was getting frustrated and did not like the score at all. It was pulling me away from the movie which I know was, once again, not intended thing. And had, it, like like you said, like I this is a movie I wouldn't have watched if, if we weren't doing it for the podcast. But it is nice to watch movies that I wouldn't have otherwise seen because there, there are movies that we've done that I didn't anticipate liking and I loved. This was not one of them. I'm going to give this uh, seven and a half Randy Quaid's. What was your original score? Five. That's what I thought you were going to say. In my heart, I said he's going to give this a five. I didn't want to say it beforehand because I don't want to influence you. So it's very convenient. I'm saying it's what I thought now, but I really did. I was like, this motherfucker is going to give this a five. It was a pretty good guy. I mean, I would say you know me pretty well. We've done a lot of episodes of Randy Quaid's, 50 Randy Quaid's. So it's you have an idea of what I'm going to rate things that I don't like and what I'm going to rate things that I do like. Yeah, but I could also see you like coming in. I wouldn't have been surprised if it had been like a two or a two point five. No, yeah. If, if we would have watched the three-hour version of this, then yeah, it's possible that would have been lower because I would have been like, "All right, you're dragging it out and you're making me suffer." I think you might like that movie more than this one. I still just don't think you'd like it. You'd still give it less than a ten. All right, but I think you'd like. I think you'd like it more than this one overall. All right. I, really, the biggest thing for me with this movie was the score. It was distracting. That one, that one does not have that problem. It's scored by the dude from Radiohead, and it's not anywhere near as like jarring. It's jarring in its own way, but not like this. All right, because yeah, this was like more distracting than anything else. Uh, once again, like I, I'm not gonna say I, I I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. Uh, because it's one of those movies that were like, yeah, anybody that like, I think might like it. I'd be like, you can try watching this movie called Suspiria, but, uh, I thought it was trash. So, um, I'm not going to watch this movie again. I'm not going to watch the three hour version. And, uh, that's just kind of where I fall in on this. Like, I would say we got three very different uh, reviews and opinions of this movie but i will agree with the both of you that even though i will not do it if i watched this movie a second time i probably would like it more than i did this first time but i'm not going i don't to. think i said i don't i don't think i said that did i say that yeah because you said every time you've watched it you've liked it more i that's me i didn't say you would no but and johnny spade also said that if he watched this movie 
again, he would probably like it more. So I'm saying if I watched it again, I probably would like it more because it would be things like that that I could see and catch and appreciate that would make I me go, would. I would like it more. But I'm not going to spend an hour and 38 minutes to watch this movie again. I am just going to say that I disagree with your own opinion of yourself. I don't think you would like it more a second time. I think that soundtrack would piss you off that so double much. down on hate? Much. Yep. I think you, you're right. You would see these other things, but you'd be so mad about having to listen to that music again. You'd be like, no, it's a fucking two this time. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. But I think we can all agree that you can catch all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, 50randyquades.com, where everybody comes. <laughs> Next time on... 50 Randy Quaid's episode 138 Halloween Hangover 2 The Wailing So this is our second annual Halloween Hangover movie and our lovely co-host Johnny Spade's pick Bring your reading glasses Ooh Oh, this is the one you told me about before and I still haven't watched, so that's good because hopefully we can watch it now. Until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to. Peace Peace out. out.